0: Two, three. Hey! Welcome
1: back to another episode of Inside the Dome with Ryan and Serge is on the podcast for today. Um, Serge, would you mind just quickly introducing yourself?
0: Uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me, uh, guys. Uh, my name is Serge currently in Montreal, and uh, I'm the founder of client acquisition.io, kind of like a consultancy slash service-based business where we help um, grow service-based businesses, mainly other uh, growth agency and growth consultancies. We help them kind of like scale um, by doing everything technically. Yeah. Awesome. And you also have
1: a SaaS component to what you do?
0: Um, yeah, we have a few, we've built a few products to kind of like help automate some of this, um, some of the work that we need to do when it comes to mainly when it comes to appointment settings. So we have our uh, SaaS that help with, uh, automating DMs and, uh, CRMs to help track all that, uh, productivity.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So just to start off, I'm curious, what,
0: what have you been up to recently? Like what's been the main thing for you? uh you mean in business wise or just like uh, just in general either one either one uh, uh right now i'm 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 really been focusing a lot on restructuring the business so it can kind of like have the proper um the proper ascension to bring sustainability in the business so um one of the things that you realize once you've hit not hit scale but like as you scale you realize that You need to kind of like, um, you need to reduce the risk of having a business that's reliant on one single um, way of acquiring a customer or one single way of serving a customer. So right now we're really um, building different products to kind of like be able to serve more people um, wherever they're at. So we want to meet people where they're at um, to kind of like start relationships, um, the customer relationships sooner. Yeah.
1: Does that mean also branching into other markets or is this also
0: addressing the same sort of It's it's kind of like, it's still the same market, but we're going to be almost, uh, we want to start creating almost like our future customers or our future clients. So uh, we want to give insights, we want to do research, drop it, share it, give people at a low uh, monthly fee and um, yeah, just give information inside systems. As uh, products and that they can use to be able to need our our help down the line. I was um I was just talking to Dan about this and I
2: feel like potentially you're playing into it. Um, are you you currently saying that you're focusing more on keeping your current customers? So like if you make say hundred thousand dollars last month, you're focusing on how does the hundred thousand dollars you acquired last month stay? And then are you then looking at upsells across cross sells to keep that going so you don't have to focus on acquiring new customers is that kind of where you're focused yeah
0: correct yeah yeah another another part of is another part of the plan is um is almost like um getting equity or for not equity but like we're going to start getting rev share from businesses that we work with starting next month for sure for sure yeah go ahead um, but it, 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 does
2: that correlate to like what you do, like with your business, like with, with the people that you bring into your your ecosystem? Are you building them up to a level that you are then you're jumping in now that
0: you understand their structure a bit more? Um, before we weren't doing it because we we're kind of like trying to reduce the complexity, but now we're at a point where we're able to kind of like structure deals and um, bring teams that otherwise the businesses wouldn't be able to have. Um, access to at the size that they're at so so yeah so now because we have a pretty big infrastructure now we can we are in a position where we can be like hey we're gonna do this build this uh help accompany you to wherever you're going but we need um a, a percentage of growth for sure and like how like how
2: important was like the infrastructure that like like how important is that infrastructure to you now like at where you're at like was it built or is it something that you're like you somewhat built and now you're like okay we definitely need this in
0: order to to keep scaling and have that upwards growth uh you mean in what sense do you mean like this new structure of of kind of like having partnerships with our clients or do you mean that
2: yeah like you said that you said that you're like reducing risk so when you're reducing the risk obviously you, you mentioned you're restructuring but like what does that look like as a whole? Like, how much is the restructure? Like, is it a completely new process that you're building
0: a new infrastructure, or are you still using the same foundations you had prior? Uh, it's the same foundation, but it's just that now we kind of like have different percent. We we're setting targets for different percentages to come from different, different, uh, different type of products in our organizations. So right now, up till like, I mean, we've had different products in the past, but they were all also based on. Um, they were program based. But now we're trying to add subscription. We're trying to add, um, maybe you can buy some low ticket stuff. Um, but it's we want to have subscription. We want to have recurring. And a, like 50% of all revenue should be coming from recurring in the next yep. three to six months. For sure. And so, um,
1: I have a so question on that one. one. Yeah, so what inspired the change to go and focus more on recurring? I know at some point you've talked about or Mosey and Jim launch and like they're having customers on for you know three point something k a month and you have five hundred of those. Mm-hmm. When did you sort of
0: notice that shift or, or what? What sort of inspired you to take that turn? Um, well, I think it's you know even without necessarily getting that new data, you kind of like observe it. If you start making multiple six figures per month, half a million a month, and you have to like go every month because you guys you because it's, it's pretty stupid. And and this it's kind of like this fallacy in this, um, high ticket consulting space or coaching and business, um, where people will kind of like delude themselves into thinking that, oh, if I can go every month and collect a quarter of a million, half a million, then I'm successful. But if you really think in the eyes of an investor, um, having to wake up every day and the next month is not guaranteed. Well, it's, you're having revenue because some people are paying, still paying, but, um. You're having to get 80% of all your revenue anew, right? So it's like as an entrepreneur, well, you can you're just another paycheck person. You're just running after a paycheck every month. So it's like, even though a paycheck is a half a million, it's still a fucking paycheck, you know? So um, so I guess it started there where I realized like, oh wow, it's kind of a little stupid to have to go um run every month and go after. And I was like, well, um, there are people working less but compounding and with the compounding they can work their way to beating someone who's marketing hard so it's like do you want to play hard or do you want to play smart you know what 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 level like i like be as honest as you
2: can with it are you too far gone where you should have done it earlier or is there like a right time that you should be jumping into it like you hit, a, you hit your first six-figure month, okay, start focusing
0: on that now? Or is this like, when did you have that, that mindset change to like put that in mean, place? I mean, it's it's compounding. The first, the first the best, the next, the best day to start was yesterday. So yeah, I'm kind of like a little too far. But I'm not regretting because I think pulling off what I've pulled off without recurring actually even makes it more exciting. Like it makes it more of a bigger case setting because um, not many people can pull off I'm gonna sell new multiple six figures a month in new revenue every month. You know, so um, but like yeah, I should have started way earlier. But I don't actually think I should have started because I probably would have made less money if I tried to focus on this or earlier because it requires a level of um consistency of delivering new value that is completely different from um from the typical businesses um from the typical. M- model that we have right now, right? So um, to, in order to retain people, a recurring, uh, I think it's how Moses said this, recurring revenue means recurring effort, right? Yep. In order for you to retain, the reason why SaaS or service as a, as a software are, are so good, software as a service are, um, is it service as a software, right? Software, software as a service. Oh, okay. yeah, the other way. Yeah, uh, the reason why they're so sticky is because the value gets provided Constantly, so as a service provider, in order for you to retain people, or at least as a consultant, uh, you need to be able to deliver value constantly, just like a SaaS would. So, yeah. you, so the, so the mindset and the productivity and the, the design is completely different from like most, most of these coaching businesses online. Like people are starting helping people get into business, they can't, they can't pull it off. At least you need to actually be good. Like you, because yeah. for me it's like I have to put a bunch of content on YouTube for free, which is the material that most people pay for, right? So now I have to also be good enough to create even more assets, more systems. Well, that's where the beauty of our infrastructure comes in: is we don't just have information; we actually have a team that can build things. Mm-hmm. For our yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, I feel
2: like the landscape is going in that way. I mean, like, obviously, you're probably a fan of Homozi and saw his webinar that he just did. He was like, I've got all of this value and now I'm giving it away for free. And so, any person that isn't practically telling you how to run a business, meaning that they're not doing any sort of service based stuff, you have to give all the information because there's going to be some other guy out there who will tell you how to do everything. The only thing that stops them is actually implementing it and putting it in place. And I think that that is like, It's always good in a way, meaning that now you can't trick people into doing it. People still buy stuff, but like, have you, are you having conversations with people now where they're like, I feel like I know all of your stuff, but it just doesn't make like they can't, for some reason that hasn't clicked. Like what's that, what's that difference between someone, I could go and consume all of your content, but it's still, would I be able to achieve the same level of success as if I
0: was to, you know, pay and join and be part of your system? So Um, I think there's definitely a lot more, um, there's a, there's a a lot of educated people now, right? Mm. And, uh, I I had this guy who asked me, who's, he's a prospect, is interested in joining the program. He's like, Hey, what, if all I have to do is kind of like build the offer and run some paid ads and, um, and increase my price, why do I have to join? Right. And I was like, well. There's someone using paid ads to make twenty k per month. There's someone using paid ads to make two million a month. Mm. So it's like well up to you. It's like it's, yeah, it's up, exactly it's like the execution. Just because you, you you see there is levels to knowing things. You know, like you can know how to sell, but then you can know how to build a sales team. You can know how to yeah. build a sales team, or you can know how to build Salesforce. Like the levels of leverage on a scale are completely different. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um. So, but also, what I think, or at least maybe you guys can tell me, I think that you you serving because a lot of people just get don't give away information, and every time someone has an issue, they're trying to sell them. Right? They're trying to monetize that relationship. But I believe I've believed that if you can help someone get to a point where they can actually afford to have bigger problems, more expensive problems. Right. So, as an example. If I'm trying to make a million dollars a month and I'm stuck at multiple six figures, um, that little gap is cost a lot. I'm willing to spend a lot of money to bridge that gap. Right. But a lot of people try to bridge the gap from, oh, let me make, go from 10K to 15K a month, or let me go from 5K to 20K a month. Well, that's good. But that person, even if you do end up helping them, well. They're they're just gonna complain a little bit, and then they're gonna not even gonna do what you ask them to do. So, I believe that you, you it's it's okay. Everybody gets to a point where they need help. Like, I've yet to re- see anybody not need help in business because business is like someone else has already done it. So, as a rule of thumb, it's it's being stupid not to save time and pay someone to just learn of, of something that they've implemented. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Or, or getting it done for yourself as well. Like, yeah. uh, it's a big, it's a huge uh, like objection
2: we get, obviously being in, on the marketing side is like, why don't we have our own SaaS? And it's like, well, okay, look at how much time it takes you all day, every day, building just your product. And then look at from our side, how much time and effort we put into the marketing and figuring all of these ways to market. Yeah. Do you think that I could split myself into two people? And a lot of, a lot of the time it's like, no, I, in terms of like, you know, uh, more money is like bigger money problems or like first world problems that like a lot of people have or or different things. I was thinking about it literally, uh, earlier this morning when I was going for my swim and I was like, I'm focused on the problem of getting people obviously to, to convert or to, to spend money on like our services and what we're doing here at cyruscape. Um, but my problem is how do I attain the deal? and and convince people. Whereas other people's problem is like, how do they spend their money wisely to fix their problems? And I'm like, I've never necessarily been in the position where I'm investing the money they invest with us because I don't need that. Right. Like my, I don't spend money in the ways that they spend. I was like, it was a weird way to start thinking. Like, would you go and spend, say, $30,000 on like, uh, how to make shoes, right? It's like not what you would do, but there's someone in the world that would spend $30,000 on how to make shoes. And so it's it, it's like a weird sort of thing. Um, I had a question just to kind of wrap up this little segment we got going on. You said this in a podcast, so I'm sorry if, it, if this hits the wrong way, but you said in the past there is a gap between what people teach and what actually works. How does that apply to yourself and your community? Are you just selling your
0: own lottery ticket? Yeah. Um, There is a gap between what people teach and what's working. Um, I think if you just help people just like scale their company, like get leads, get appointments, I don't think people will see the growth that they aspire to see. I think a lot of people just, um, like it. it's, for me, I'm not the type, you know, and I wrote a post on my story last night. I don't know if you guys saw it. But uh, a lot of people try to, try, you know, teach people. Hey, start this business online. Start SMMA or start a consulting or coaching business, and they're like, "Hey, go cool. here is how you do a Facebook outreach. Here is how I run ads. Here is how to do that." But for me, I'm not actually just trying. I'm not trying to do that because I can do that for free. I'll I'll actually start. Um, I'm starting a natural barn leader community where we will actually be doing research and finding the best offers the best beginner stuff to push out there for free, almost for free. But for me the problem I'm trying to solve is, hey, you've now figured out how to make a dollar or a few six figures a year. How do we make that into multiple six figures per month? And yeah. the what what I'm personally selling is a model and an infrastructure, right? So it's if it, it's impossible for it not to work cuz it's the same um kind of like model that we've used we're still keep using to actually scale and yep. um and the proof is 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 in the pudding right like you if you look at the wins that we've started seeing i'm, I'm i don't know if you're in the community but you can ask Dan. but now people are closing ridiculous amounts of deals uh compared to before right before it was just like oh assign a new client 3k per month or whatever but like now people are closing 15 10 12 yeah. it's like a ridiculous amount of money right and yeah. even you guys <laughs> so it's like
2: yeah. <laughs> Liz, that's all. That's, where, that's where we're at we're, we're, in terms of that obviously you guys you guys are like working together um yeah. I, I, I'm not sure like how much influence but like we we've got the new offer that we're putting out right to yeah. these SaaS founders and i I had a call Dan pushed some ads out and I had no issue speaking to people at twenty five k and it was like you know that's even too cheap for what we're offering to these guys you know so um in, in terms of like that process and stuff um it'd be it'd be interesting to see like your overview of what you've seen like Dan do as well like in terms of putting that in place because like when I joined I um I had four I think I had four unqualified calls and was a, it was a great little start as a closer to come through um but now it's like it's turned into this like behemoth of like qualified people all day and people kind of like reaching out to us now and yep. so it'd be interesting to see like how, how have you seen like that change in like
0: the business over, like, the last couple of months. I think, so here is the thing about qualified, Pete, thing: The people, the prospects you speak with are only as qualified as your message. Right? True. If you talk about leads, about, oh, let me get you users, then you're just going to get broke people trying to get users. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you start talking a more sophisticated language, and you start talking about user acquisition, and then uh, you start talking, hey, about you know daily active users. Then you start talking about your CAC, um, your your payback payback period, right? And then you start talking about, hey, let's redo let's let's like, let's build you an audience, let's build you all these things, let's build you a sales process, let's build you a sales team. Now, uh, people start viewing you, and they can't really put a price tag to your service, yeah, because you're doing everything they ever wanted. So now. Now you can commend whatever price you want. So I think, I'm not, I think, at least the way that I personally got rich is by seeing what everybody's doing and doing 10 times more stuff. But it doesn't mean doing 10 times more stuff. Like I'm actually slaving, waking up every morning. Like, hey, what are you doing? Okay, I'll do this, done for you, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like you actually introduce leverage and build models and systems and whatever products that can allow that you can attach to your main service mm-hmm. and solve every other thing. So it's like, that's the way to go. Because I, I don't know how to say this, but um, in in today's day and age, and it's bigger than just the actual offer, it's also like the front end. Like how, how is the content? How are you educating people? So it's like, it's super important to build uh, a, 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 a pool of content that actually educates people on how to solve the thing they want solve before they ever have to speak with you. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a way of selling online that is uh but yeah, but I think the the old traditional like hey, I'll run ads for you and get you users for your SaaS or for your business is is pretty stupid in my opinion. Like it's not stupid. Yeah. It's just it's like I don't know, it's like it's like trying to sell a Toyota like bro like how many people how many toyotas are out there or like um mm. lookalikes so it's like yeah you're not going to make any money and even if you do you're going to die broke So like, anyway yeah totally so Serge,
1: you went from booking you know a few calls to now i think i saw a post where you po- where you're getting like 600 calls a month mm-hmm. or, what has sort of changed you said not doing 10 times the work but getting sort of 10 times the output and sort of the service delivery as well as like internally what What would you recommend to larger companies or say, a SaaS company that's already doing you know upwards of one hundred k a month and they're trying to get to that first, million, or first yeah. million like what how do you look at the constraints there? What's your mental model around that?
0: Um, I think I think you know I was talking with the team yesterday and we were kind of like looking at data. Uh, actually, on one of the 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 group call with clients, um I was kind of like breaking down the numbers of outreach, cold outbound versus, um, leveraging like an asset and getting inbounds, and um, on the, so the growth specialist had done five hundred and ninety six outreach. It reached out to five hundred plus people and booked four calls. Right, that's like one percent um, outreach to 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 book colorate. Uh, and uh, we also have um, an opt in that are running right. So we we converge all the traffic back to one single asset that people opt in for give us their name, email, phone number, and then uh, the team reaches out in less than five minutes, right? Um, and the difference was that person did 71 outreach to opt-ins, 20, 30% reply rate, okay? And got um, 7% from outreach to 8% so from cold outreach no not from cold out, but outbound to the opt-ins so he got an eight percent from outreach to book uh, booking link requested or booking link accepted rate right and then uh, got a five four percent booked call rate or no no like five six seven percent booked call rate on so he booked uh, so he booked like four or five calls from the seventy-one outreach versus 591 uh, cold outreach. So eight times more efficiency on just talking to people who have shown some level of curiosity and interest is the difference between um, just trying to be busy to stay in the same place or just be, look at the data, look at what what works, let's double down on what works, right? So right now it's uh, we're really transitioning into this stage of like, hey, let's just create an amazing asset. Let's distribute it across the internet, YouTube, Facebook. Let's even do. We can even get VAs to send the asset. for what? Who cares, right? But as long as as soon as someone shows interest and spends their energy and time to opt in to watch the thing, then they almost like qualify themselves, right? And uh, that's when we start doing outreach. And now we're we're like. That's what we're gonna be focusing on moving forward. Like no more um doing cold. Cold is like ah uh, super it's odd. <laughs> it's interesting. It's
1: interesting because we're we're seeing the same thing with RGS team as well. Like they're doing good work, they're having good conversations, but the numbers don't really speak for themselves, right? Like as you said, our ads are way more efficient and the the cost per meeting is so much lower for the ads and they're qualified, right? So we're we're also looking at it. So does this make you you want to you know not continue to have a gs team because i see it seems like you're in a different place than your progression as a business right like at the beginning cold makes a lot of sense gs is it's like pretty efficient um you know especially when you don't have a crazy amount of money to spend on ads but now that you're in this growth stage how are you approaching you know outreach is it will you you know you had you mentioned organic through creating an asset and you've also talked about doing ads um, yeah. something you haven't mentioned is sort of virality and just posting. Content in a different way. Are there any other avenues that you're trying to, trying
0: to touch on? For um, any- I haven't, I haven't, I haven't touched the, the the viral stuff. I I don't have time. Like, because for me, it's like marketing is also still not a priority. Like, um, I don't, I don't think I'm in a phase of like where I'm really like ready for scale. I'm still like refining the product. So, once the product is good, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can just lay back. Okay, cool. Then I can go, kind of like be famous on TikTok
1: okay okay um but in terms of scaling at this
0: point we'll, do, are you going to keep your Gs's I'm curious uh yeah so we're gonna scale the the, the amount of um opt-ins per day okay so we're so just we're so just sir? we're just going amount of leads we get per
2: day I, I so are you, are you kind of saying that like especially in like a creator economy you're saying that you can beat Being a creator or being a a famous person, so to speak, influencer, by just generating a good fucking asset. Is that what you're saying? Like your asset will be becoming an influencer or at least keep enough coming in that you can still build a a scalable business. Like you don't have to become the base of the brand in order for it to scale.
0: Uh, No, no, no. I was just talking about like creating different content, just like becoming really focus on content like becoming an influencer or a content creator like it's not my priority because I'm still building this the the, the the service and the company so um I do long form for now like I don't personally for me it's like it's good to go try to go viral and things like that but the but the people you get although you can make money you can make monetize that attention but we can't monetize it the same way that I would monetize uh people who actually just found me find me on YouTube. Right. So I prioritize yeah. YouTube over shorts or things like that, like it's not really. Gonna change.
1: I saw an interesting thing recently, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's for other people that are sort of in the agency space, but I've noticed that a lot of the guys out there that are selling a course or just selling information for, you know, a couple thousand dollars online, they're the ones who are usually making a lot of noise on Instagram or TikTok. Like if you look at, um, what's the guy's name the, that everyone talks about? Uh, the guy in South Africa, um, uh, he's like a twenty-something year old. I'm forgetting his name right now, but anyway, he's got this massive program and he's selling it. But all of his stuff was like Instagram blowing up on on Shorts and that sort of thing and TikTok. And I think it's interesting that you're sort of on the long forward side, long form side of things because I think you actually can you're you're reaching out to people that are more educated. If they watch a thirty minute video from you or a four hour webinar, which I've watched, you know, then you you start to understand things very differently. And it's about yeah. changing beliefs rather than yeah. just Hey this yeah. looks cool. This is how you make 10k a month
0: kind of. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. Like cuz it's a it's also about the sustainability of your like it it's 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 so who you serve is actually a leverage point. Right? You can try to focus on just getting a quick win and selling to emotions to to consumers. It's good. You're going to make money. You're going to make big months, but it's like is that really a business? No, it's just a lottery ticket where you you're great at marketing, you sell some you're able to get someone in, but you don't really care about do they get results, like how fast do they get a win? How fast do they can they can we ascend them to the next thing, right? So it's like, um everyone who's out there, even in the info space, there are people who are playing the game really well. But if you really look at how they play it, is they're trying to over educate you. Like they're trying to make you to become the person who can actually buy. They're not trying to sell you like, oh, start an AI. Agency. No, that's that's dummy. Like that's dummy work. Like, like, like as an example, people are starting AI automation agencies. Like, how many use cases are actually there for AI? Like mm-hmm. there's so little few, like it's because it's so it's, it's so new that people are just running off the trend, but like there's not yet um there's not yet a lot of use cases. For it to become something that is like actual tangible, like at least to the level, at least from the feedback that I'm hearing from a lot of the material that I'm reading and consuming. So it's like a lot of people just want to hit their their first um, six figures and they'll do anything or a million, they'll do anything for it. But for me, it's more about sustainability. Like you don't see, you don't see um, like um, Amazon going to try and trying to sell to people on how to start an e commerce store, no. Like they don't they don't care about that, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. In terms terms, wait, sorry, in terms of like in terms of like like you said, there's no there's no use cases behind like AI automation. Mm -hmm. But in terms of I guess this is what I I was saying this to Dan. I was saying, you know, we understand and, and yourself as well, you understand like how to build infrastructure, you understand how to how to build a business or how to at least plug into a business. If you take AI's model with an actual skill set of not being uh, you know say a 15 year old who's just starting out and trying to sell someone i say this to dan there's gonna be so many people in the industry that will go and spend ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars a month and they're gonna lose that money i saying to dan from almost from a protection point from our future customers when we jump on a call and they say oh, i invested fifteen thousand dollars thinking this ai thing was going to work how do are you looking at implementing any of this sort of stuff into what you're doing or are you using the systems first or because there's a potential for the people that don't, that have got the experience in all other industries to implement that and to be those first case studies with actual good client results. Are you looking at, you know,
0: that industry at all or are you just like, no, I'm focused on what I'm doing? Um, Right now, I'm not really like, I'm not really like that focused on it right now, to be honest, Uh, because I believe that the people who will make the money with AI is not going to be like the people who built AI. It's going to be the ones who wants the, the, once that that once the tools have become so good. Mm-hmm. Right now, till now, like even ChatGPT is not necessarily giving you all the right answers, right? So there is, so it's like, you know, and we've played around it, right? We've tried to put like our knowledge base into, a, tried to put it into a model and try to see if we can almost like not necessarily need like people like answering the questions when you can just ask um, a question to the to a bot but um but I, I, we're patient like I don't really think the first movers are the first winners and like it's not as an example like someone who's trying to run Facebook ad in 2013 like yeah that person got leads cheap but like the person who actually made money with Facebook ad it's probably the guy who's selling a S- SMMa agency. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not the. It's not like there is there. You you get to realize that like it's it, the money is not in the right now. The money will come. Right. Sure. Like, yeah. so. On that
1: note, actually, I'm curious, Serge. Where did you sort of get some of these mindsets? Where like the 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 money right now is not the most important thing. You're looking at building leverage. You talk all the time about. Know, building teams that are smart, that are able to take care of a lot of things like this. Um, what what are some of the ways that you're
0: learning or what is your personal relationship to
1: lifelong growth and, and
0: learning? Um, I mean, I try, to go, I try to go on walks every morning and just, or maybe not morning, just maybe like middle of the day and just like to put on a podcast. I really do consume a lot of podcasts versus like reading books and things like that, just because I feel like podcasts are just more condensed versions of books. Like you can get the best insights if the interviewer is good um and and yeah i like a, I, but i learned a lot from actual business builders not and i like to learn to i like to to kind of like listen to a lot of uh, case studies a lot of business breakdowns uh because it just gives me it you you gotta you gotta it's almost like a business you gotta it's um. it's a mixture of different insights right so Someone who just learns how to run an agency will never really build a big company, never, like at least not a, not as profitable at scale and peaceful business, they'll just get more clients, hire more people, get more clients, hire more people, right? But if you start learning from these other business models and you start learning about different infrastructures, you realize that like, oh, I could actually scale a service-based business to millions per month in recurring and have 50% 50% margins, 60% margins, but like you will never get that insight unless you will learn from someone who's not running a service-based business, you know? So, so yeah, learning for me, I I love, I love to consume new data. So there's a lot of noise in the space, but
1: how are you, like, where, where did you also go through? Do you ever have like mentors or people that you worked with that were also like a few steps ahead of you that, that were helpful? Or is it mostly just constantly
0: taking in good inputs um, from... Yeah, I just, I'll talk to be honest. But now I'm trying to get, I'm going to get people, I'm going to start big. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say like,
2: you, you, yeah, at the start of the podcast, you were like, no, I'm investing in someone and I'm prepared to invest in, in that space. I've got a, I've got yeah. a few people in, in my network. When I, when I was younger, I worked at a company as a videographer that was at your position was six to seven figures and then from eight to nine figures. And so all of it was based around business coaching, entrepreneurship, Australia's biggest entrepreneurship education company. Um, good information, you know, as a, yeah. I work there in a good company. Um, and it's like interesting how you go from like, you can be ser- self-taught up to a point where it's like, yeah. how do I actually like, when you think about it, it's like uh, if you don't have, say a million dollars, it's like, well, I don't have a million, but someone's made a million. And it's yeah. like, I can try and figure it out. But when it gets up to like the big leagues, you're like, what do I do? How how does this like yeah. work? Um, I want to touch on just like bit before Dan jumps into some of his extra questions. Um, in terms of going for walks or like taking yourself out of your environment to think clearly, do you do stuff like biohacking or like do you focus on like the water you drink or or different things like that or like how are you I guess preserving your health as a business owner working remotely or and what
0: does that look like? Um, I don't I don't biohack. I just get good sleep. I try to try to work. <laughs> I try to 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 get to consume new knowledge. I try to like eat good. But no, I'm not into all that. I like I just try to be healthy. I like I'll, I work out every most every day. But um but no I try I don't try to complicate it. I don't have a crazy routine. I don't have a routine. Actually I just wake up, get to work, go out, get my coffee, listen to something, learn something, and then come back and work. That's you seem very
2: from a lot of people in the space. Obviously, so many people pushing do this and do that and stuff. You're just like, yeah. I'm just here. I'm just doing my thing. Like, wh- where where does that come from? Where does this like casual approach or kind of like it always seems like you're winging it, but you're not. Like it's you're at. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of people that hit like a certain level level of intellect do become yeah. more chill, and they're just like, oh, okay. But like, where does that come from? Were you always just like? I'm just running, you know, a a multi six-figure a month business and I go for my walk and grab my
0: coffee. Like where where Um, does that come from? Well, where are you trying to go? Are you trying to like, and it's not a question to you, it's a question to me. Uh, Like where am I trying to go with my business? Am I trying to go to the, hey, I have to wake up every morning, work from 8 to 8 p.m.? No, it's like, I want to own a business, right? Now, I want to work, still work in the business. Like, I think a lot of people say like, oh, you just need to work on the business. No, it's like, I actually love creating stuff, right? But if you really think about it, if you can add limitations as to how much you work and how much you do what you do, mm. you can actually build a business faster than someone who's actually smart, smarter, and who's trying to do everything. Because cont- being controlled, uh Trying to control everything, every variable in your organization is what keeps most people broke, right? Or never scaling. So for me, uh, or at least this approach of mine is I like to learn, hey, what are the, what are the thing that if I sold for, everything else gets solved? I don't try to be like, how can I do, make sure everything's perfect? No. How can I solve for the one variable that if I can solve it, whether that be for sales, whether that be for marketing, whether that be for operations, whether that be for um, you know, finance, where if I can solve those things or learn how to solve them, then every other thing gets solved because you don't build a billion dollars. I mean, you know, Bezos or Amazon makes a billion dollar a day. You yeah. don't do that by working harder. No way. This, bro, it's, it's, it's mental. So it's like, well, so that business like, makes a billion
2: dollars a day, and and Bezos isn't sitting at his
0: laptop going right. Oh, so you know, he's, yeah, he's somewhere in in the ocean on customer the ser, cu- like, Yeah, customer service orders. He's outlifting weights in his yacht. So yeah, so so I mean, it's I'm not saying I'm not saying that he didn't work hard. I'm just saying that he he realized that like hard work is rarely necessarily the solution. Like you actually need to take a step back and be more relaxed and and think um, uh, from a different perspective than just trying to hard grind your face out out. you know like but yeah for me I'm more chill I'm not I'm not and also like you know what's what's what is life you know life is meant to be lived not not to be necessarily chasing something that you'll never achieve which is business <laughs> do you do you find
2: sorry I would, Dan and I we have some questions around like this yeah. more more into you right like from the business but like you said like are, like, are you chasing yourself, like your like your hero in ten years, like what you are in ten years, or like how often do you bring yourself back to being present and like in the moment, or are you always present and
0: in the moment and just not really worrying about tomorrow? Um, no, I'm I'm always worried about tomorrow. I think as a business owner, that's just a curse you have to live with. Um, so yeah, I do definitely like do. I'm always just thinking about business. May not necessarily be because I need to think about it or I'm in a bad situation, but I just you gotta because as an entrepreneur, you're literally committing yourself to always wanting to fix problems. Your mind that doesn't doesn't just wonder and think, oh, we have problems, but like let's go do something else. No, it's like okay, I have this fucking problem. I need to fix it. If I don't fix it, I'm not gonna be able to sleep. I'm gonna it's gonna be lurking around, you know, just always with me. You know, you can't lie to yourself. Uh, But no, I definitely now. Do I let it, like, stress me out and take over? No, because I also don't I don't make business the number one thing in my life. I try not to, at least. There are moments where it's number one thing, for sure, like, when I wake up. But during the day, I'll also just be like, hey, let me just go work out. Let me just, literally, let me just go drive around. Like, that's it, you know? <laughs> well, to response. So, Serge...
1: Going off this a little bit, I think getting a little bit more about personally and sort of your story. I think there's I've heard a lot of podcasts, and I've also talked to you quite a bit, but I haven't heard as much about your story. You've alluded a little bit to growing up in Rwanda and sort of your personal story. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure if this is if this is the right spot or if there's anything that you'd want to open up about, but I'm just sort of curious because yeah. you're a very unique person who is very motivated and also has like a a more down-to-earth mindset around all this stuff and doing really well. And so I I think to a lot of people out there, maybe it would be interesting to have a little bit more context, just if you want to open up about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a a different perspective because um, I spent, well, yeah, still, even now, majority of my life in Rwanda, in Africa, right? So I was born in Rwanda and uh, was raised... um, You know, I lived with my grandma most of the time, my uncles. And uh, when I came to Canada, I was 13, right? So um, I I never, I mean, in Rwanda, we're pretty cool. We're pretty chill as a family, Um, um, like financially and whatever. Not necessarily wealthy, but we were comfortable. We would would get everything we needed, but but. So, but when, when you, so there's this perspective when you go from a third world country to a first world country, I think most people don't understand the amount of work it actually takes for you to come here. Right. And it, it, most people don't understand the amount of like the world, how the worldview changes, or at least how people from immigrants view first world countries. So when you get to come to a first world country, it's, it's, it's like a blessing. Right. And you don't take it for granted. So for me, when I came here, um, you know, I went to school. didn't necessarily have an entrepreneurship spirit. I just, you know, went to school. I was excited to be in Canada, but um, over time I started surrounding myself with other entrepreneurs and uh, we were doing like network marketing and things like that. And I started getting into a lot of personal development stuff. And then that fire from like being born in Rwanda to coming to Canada, having the opportunity to come to Canada and. Like then it got really sparked like crazy, right? So I think it's just it just stems from me having lived to, in two different worlds and having seen the the, the different levels in opportunities, right? Because I think you can when you're born here, it's like okay, whatever. Like okay, I have the internet, I have YouTube, yeah, right. I've seen most people not achieving shit in my life in my environment, so like yeah, it's probably false. But when you go from like a third-world country to here, even the baseline is good. But what you end up seeing is you're like it's almost like your awareness can can see what's possible. It's like you don't settle for a, the average realm. You look at oh wow how 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 is this person owning a building? You know like how did they build these 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 streets? How did they build? Um, how are they building that that tall building that I'm seeing right now? Like for me, I observe things a little differently. I almost like. Everything I observe, I'm like in in awe of like its its greatness. So, so that's just, you know, it just, I have context. So I'm able to almost like be like, oh, there is more to life than just being average. Do you yeah. have that same appreciation, say for like
2: the street on the road or the building to like what you're building? Like, do you ever reflect on like... Hey, like what I'm building here, like because your what you've built is great to so many people, right? Like myself, like I'm from Australia, um, um, and I, I mean I'm experiencing the the disparity. I'm in Thailand right now, and I'm like, it's extra hot outside, and I'm like, I should, I'm fucking complaining about the the most dumb things in the world. But and then I'm like, okay, where I'm from, like I'm grateful for like the place I grew up. But like for yourself, do you take that that gratefulness that you have, or or, or this like this awe? a lot of people like myself, I have that around what you've built, like as a business owner. Mm-hmm. And so you are those those buildings and, and those things that right there's those people that are those big buildings in the space that build these big businesses. Yeah. That that's the same thing for us. Like but do you have the appreciation for like what you've built? For what I've built? Yeah, like what you've built, do you have that same like what I'm doing is amazing and this is so beautiful and what I'm doing or are you not at that level yet that you have that
0: appreciation? I mean, I mean we do fine, but I don't think you get to a point where you're in of your own creativity or creation because when you do, you stop you stop um, building or you just stop solving problems. Uh, but no, not really. I don't like sit around and just be like, wow. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you ever stop? Do you ever stop
2: and just go, okay, I'm actually doing like a good job. Like I'm I'm happy with it or is it just... Consistent.
0: Um, I have to. I have to do that. That was a good day. I'll do better tomorrow. Kind of thing. No, no. I don't think. I don't think you do. I don't think you'll ever do. I mean, some moments, like yeah, you'll, you know, you'll be, you'll be in Spain with your with your, with your friend, your clients and team, and and your family. You'll be like, oh wow, this is sick. But um, but I don't think you stayed too long in that. No. No, and no, for sure. moments, yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Like when you're on a holiday and things like that. Yeah, it definitely is fun. But no, you don't stop and look and like just sit on your laurels. Sure. Um, I have one other sort of question internally
1: just that I think is also relevant to a lot of people who are building companies. But I think one of the things that I really admire about your leadership and the way that you run your company is there's a lot of things. But one of them is that you have a very small team, I think. And I, I heard a podcast from The Knowledge Project a while back talking about Toyota versus um, Ford and Toyota was running a factory and they were, they were doing essentially a a car, they were creating cars that were 10 times as complex. They were doing it in something like one quarter of the time with far fewer people and not doing these massive um, sort of batches of cars. And so I was curious about this and I think you may have even talked about it, but there's a Japanese concept called Kaizen and it means changing for the term meaning changing or continuous change. And sort of it's a business philosophy around continuously improving operations from all employees so like everyone having a role i kind of see that it's being embodied with clientacquisition.io and i'm curious if you see that as something that is part of your business because it seems like everyone is giving in and like giving really good insight and working together and very motivated how can you it seems like you're outperforming a lot of companies that are much bigger bulkier that are doing a lot of other things with kind of a small team how do you recommend other people approaching teams and not just naming buzzwords like leadership, but like actually building this culture of everyone's working on it together and moving forward in a, in a sort of predictable sense? Yeah.
0: Um, I think everybody needs to be a doer. Right? The reason why uh, Toyota or Mazda or these Japanese companies were bidding for it was because they had like almost... Like, no layers of management, right? So, um, so it's like you, you got to build a team of, of exit exec- people who execute. Of course, there's going to need to be decision makers for sure. But like right now, like, cause this is here is the thing. Um, and this is a beautiful thing for anyone who's out there building a good service or working on building a good product. It's the market will, when you build something that is truly good, it doesn't matter when the market catches onto it, they will catch onto it, right? Don't worry about like, oh, like I need to get more leads today. I need to make money today. No, it doesn't. Just let time do its thing. Just stay consistent. Put out your message, put out your thing out there, but make sure that your back end is so dialed that like no one else can compete. Because here's the thing, everybody can compete on marketing messages. Anybody can compete on all that bullshit. But for me, I actually like I'll like I'll have stuff, ads that I need to to deliver to the team and I'll still not prioritize it because I'm like, hey man, like the product will take care of us. Cause I'm not necessarily a bad marketer in a way. But like, you know, like it's it's like, how good are you at operating a business? Right. But I'm still learning a lot of things, right? am there's so much to learn. There's so much that now that I'm working with this, um, growth consulting firm making like four million a month, I'm like realizing like, oh my God, there's so much stuff to work on. But, um, but I believe in, in having people with experience also getting their hands dirty and staying near the market, like this traditional way of like, oh, like the CEO or the, the, the leadership team is like just telling people to go do things. It's like, no like no it doesn't work like that you guys gotta stay stay near on to the to the client and understand the feedback and get everything because the client will always tell you how to make uh what they need for you to 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 get their money like you know like but a lot of people like sell something and then they're removed but it's like okay but well what where's your next idea going to come from because the idea always comes from the marketplace not from your ivory tower or your penthouse or you're sitting, you know, like you, you got to stay, you stay, stay, stay in, in the grind in the trenches. And then, um, yeah, but that was a good podcast. That was a good podcast.
1: Yeah. I had one, one last follow up on that, which is, you know, you, you said you're having trouble with scaling or at least like at the point of, you're not ready to fully scale in whatever, whatever that means to you. Um, like how, how big that scale is, but Will that change your management style or the the team that you have? Do you think that will put a lot of pressure on them? Because you have a team, a smaller team now, how will that, do you have any thoughts on how that would look at scale for you?
0: Oh, uh, well, we don't actually have a small team. Like we're between, we're over 20 people, right? Um, so it's not necessarily a small team, um, but yes. Will it change? Yeah, but it won't change necessarily in like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of managers. It's going to just be more exec- people who execute, right? So um so we may get more project managers because uh, eventually um the way growth creator program is rolling is uh we're going to like starting next month, we're most likely going to announce like the rev share like deals uh, because it's also something you are me like, hey, why don't you take your rev share? Yeah. <laughs> but um but right now next month we're gonna add more like um we're gonna be doing like some setups for ads we're gonna uh, build like a department for not necessarily media buying done for you but we're gonna build like a team of media buying consultants and um and yeah we we're gonna start potential so we're almost what what I really think we're gonna become is a company where other client acquisition businesses come to us and then we re- we almost like we represent the departments that they don't have yet, right? And then the the modeling and the offers and the sales process—we're almost like gonna be like a, like a, like a, like a, like a fractional, like kind of like bigger company for for our clients, and then uh, we're gonna scale them, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a ref share for sure. Because I think at this point, I mean, it's not—it's like we're already we're already in that channel in every client's channel every day, so it's like. It's kind of like too much work for just a one-time fee, if you know what I mean, you know, like. Totally, totally. I yeah, was like, I Ryan, Ryan and I were talking about it. He's like, well, how, how does Surge
1: make money on the back end? Of this? because you collect, you know, a high ticket offer. And it's like, but the value is still there and you are delivering yeah. week yeah. after month, after month, week after week. And I'm like, you guys, you guys really have something going there. So that's why I was curious. I I asked you yeah, message the other day. I was like, why aren't you doing this? And yeah. I was like, yeah, you said complexity, but I'm like, I. The, you know, you can, you're already doing
2: it. <laughs> you're, you're doing a lot more than that. So, but yeah. You can 100%. Well, it's been good getting to know a bit more about your story and the business that you're building and everything. And I'm excited to see kind of, uh, I mean, the influence you have, like on, on Zyroscape as well as we as we grow together in this uh, crazy realm of online business and remote teams and stuff. But uh, thanks for jumping on today. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You so
0: yeah. No, thank you, guys. And yeah, guys, please stay. Stay on the grind and let the SaaS industry know, know about what you guys are up to. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of insights. And maybe uh, one of the things that I've kind of like always been thinking about is like, as we take this path of like going after mainly growth firms, our uh, growth agencies and growth consultants um, as our main avatar. Um, there's this trend around like, okay, do we centralize and go after a specific vertical, right? Because you guys are in SaaS, but we're not necessarily targeting SaaS but maybe you guys can share your feedback because this is a question I have. But I believe there is benefits in it not necessarily getting all your insights from the same industry. As an example, like, Dan, you could have gone to, there's probably someone somewhere who's teaching how to sell a SaaS business or a SaaS agency or whatever, right? Uh, so, like, what made you choose to stick uh, around clonacquisition.io acquisition for me,
1: I think the fact that you guys did have a lot of different results in sort of different different niches, right? Proved to me, okay, this is not just a one and done formula that's just working in one niche. Like you've proven yeah. out that you don't just know one thing. Uh-huh. Whereas like, I think that's helpful for, for agencies that are in a lot of different niches. So I think for me, the fact that you have one, proven it yourself and that you're kind of showing exactly what you're implementing and not just saying, hey, here's my system that I used two years ago, that you're actually updating yeah. it. That's kind of the most important thing because I'm not looking for a formula or a system. I want to have, yeah. to me, the most important thing was actually access to people like you and your team that are like really, that have been in the industry and really know what they're doing. So it's like, yeah. I want to be able to have a conversation and just sort of say, I'm noticing this. Are you also noticing this? And what can you do from there? So it's not about yeah. like a static thing. It's not about, Hey, these yeah. are the models, it's not about that. Yes. but to me, it's like I don't want to join a SaaS accelerator program and just see, okay, this is how we've scaled like 30 <laughs> SaaS companies using the same like rinse and Enough. repeat hands. Like, that's not interesting to me. I think that's that's pretty much doable at this point. Like, the information, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think there's, yeah, I think there is, and there's also like, you know, like there is this thing that comes, um, that I heard that, but. You're not free to beat competition. You actually have to not be getting the same knowledge. Like you, you gotta have an edge somehow, somewhere. There's no way you can. There's no way you you. Um, how can I say it? There's no way you take the same macros. You go take do the same reps at the gym. You get the same amount of sleep and expect different outcomes from the same person who you guys are doing the same activities, right? So you gotta figure out a way. Hey. Are there any steroids I can take? You know, you got to find whatever you can, whatever edge you can. And I think in business, it works the same way. It's like, you got to find some data here from this industry, which doesn't make any sense, but like, oh, wow, we can actually model this in our vertical and like scale faster. So I think that's where I'm kind of like, um, kind of like taking the business It's like, I want to build like a, like an organization where it's like, we're just the most up-to-date firm when it comes to like, hey, what are all the growth, not growth strategies, but also like growth infrastructures. Okay. So I'd love to kind of like go out there, buy a bunch of insights, look at study different businesses and bring it back to all our clients and be like, hey guys, this is what's working and this is what please uh, model it for your business for your clients, right? It'd be it'd be so interesting to see you go through the entourage.
2: I'm not in any way affiliated with them at all. But they have an Elevate program. It's $40,000 a year to join. You have a coach You join workshops, masterclass, and it goes completely against how you're running your business right now, where you're like, I want to be a doer and everyone's a doer, right? They, they take you through these different hats, but where I feel like you are at most, you're a technician in your business and how these how they look at it as becoming the entrepreneur, right? Around building leadership to and removing yourself as much as possible from the day-to-day things of the business and focusing on the, on the vision and scale. So... I'm like just generally interested in your personal journey of you're building this business and that that's your current mindset. I wonder if that'll be the same when you hit two, three, you know, $10 yeah. million dollars a month. So that, that was super interesting to kind of hear that take on it. That you're you're just yeah. like fuck it. I I want to know what's going on at every angle of my business. Um, yeah. Do you see do you see yourself ever like removing yourself at all? Or?
0: No, I mean I, I I mean at this point it's like I have um I mean not. All the parts removed, but there's nothing that I would want done and not have it done by someone else, right? The reason why I'm still in it is because, um, I guess the team, I guess there's, I guess I don't mind working, right? But I could easily just like get Casey to run the ads, put his face on there, um, do the VSLs, do the the whatever. But I generally think there's levels to also me becoming. I still think there's more growth to me right but um but no i know one thing is for sure you don't scale until you become good at acquiring talent like this it's the the number one bottleneck for businesses it's not i don't expect for me to keep running what the way i'm working till like eight figures or more no it doesn't work right true yeah all right guys uh but yeah guys thank you guys so much for inviting me and then um yeah looking forward to this coming out awesome yeah so much for coming on Pleasure. All right, take care, guys. Bye bye. Appreciate it.